Welcome, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Leftover Pizza Podcast. Derek. Hi, Derek. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Did you get it? Do you, under, you get it? You get it. A Christmas story. Yeah. Now, I'm going to be doing that for 24 hours straight on the Patreon on Christmas Day. And if you subscribe, um, you can watch me say that uh, phrase from Christmas Story over and over and over again. Just like AMC, I'm here to annoy. So, welcome. Very awesome. Not dressed as Santa Claus, though. No, buck naked. <laughs> no, no, no clothes on Patreon saying ho, ho, ho for 24 hours. You're welcome. Three bucks. That's all you need to get in and enjoy the show. You know? This is going to be on our Patreon, not on our OnlyFans. We don't have one of those yet, but if there's enough demand, and there will be, yeah. there will be. I'll set that up come January 1st. That's my New Year's resolution for you, <laughs> Create an OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, boy. So there was one question I had to ask you, and I wanted to save it for this show. Did you ever, in all your beautiful years of life, circle gifts in a Christmas catalog? I'd say most years of my beautiful life. Save for that one year where I was comatose um, and the doctor had to circle them for me. It was trying times, but we're here. Thank God. That's that's good. I'm, I'm still. I pulled through. That's good. And uh, I'm starting an OnlyFans. So life has never been better. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you know? So you did for real? Like you have most years? Yes. Aside from real. that one? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all the time. I mean, the ones I specifically remember that I have, I have very vivid memories of circling uh, were the Disney catalogs. And I think that's just because that's what was readily available in my house. But basically, you give me any toy book, any Christmas catalog, I'm circling the shit out of it. And I am racking up a bill uh, to rival the U.S. government. OK, I'll break <laughs> out the inflation calculator. You will not believe the amount of spending and the deficit that I could try to put my parents in. When I had that red felt tip pen just circling away. <laughs> Very nice. Well, I uh, hate to admit it, but I've never done it. Never been there. Never mm. done that, bro. Uh, by the time I was anywhere near one of these cool holiday books, the, the Christmas and Santa Claus years were long done and over with for me. Really? Yeah. I mean, because they would just basically give these out as toilet paper. How did you avoid it for so long? We used these for our ship paper. We didn't really bother with uh, actual paper. Yeah. It's just more off grid is what you're telling me. You're, yeah. You're off off the grid. Okay. Well, you know, very progressive of you, but that's a shame you missed out on a very big uh, core activity, I feel like, for, for a lot of us growing up. Not just in the 90s or the 80s or 2000. Like, this goes back decades. My parents were doing this. In the 50s and 60s, when they'd send out like that fucking phone book of a Sears Wish catalog. Oh, yeah. I know that yep. they were doing that way back in 1960 something. Yeah, they probably bought their house in one. You could do that. It's a thing. <laughs> not even a <laughs> they, joke. He probably did. Yeah. I know. I know it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy that we, uh, we get to experience this here now because I never got to. In front of us right now, we have the 1998 JCPenney Christmas catalog. And we're circling... The best gifts. We do have some rules. We have a $300 cash limit, meaning you can go under, cannot, absolutely cannot spend a penny more. Uh, we're also omitting the taxes because taxation's theft. 
first and foremost. It's theft and it's stupid and uh, I'm not contributing. Yeah. I'm not contributing in this fictional (laughs) Christmas circling activity, okay? If this is my fantasy, the government's staying the way the hell out of it. And also, we're under the context that these items aren't already in our possession. So if you're buying a video game... You have to have the console. Purchase it in this catalog. We got to have rules. I mean, or we're going to be here all night just circling everything left and right. There's got to be rules, unfortunately. So uh, Yeah, there's rules. So basically, we've got $300 to spend. Can't go over $300. We're not doing the taxes. We don't have to worry about shipping because we're just going to figure that uh, our parents or whoever is going to go to the store and pick it out for us. So we don't have to worry about shipping. Um, we're going to do four picks each, but... There's a little wiggle room there. Like you said, you mentioned video game systems that might come into play a little bit later on. I guess lastly, we're just we're going to have a blast. Yes, that's what we're going to do. We're going to have a Christmassy fucking time here, Grimy. For sure. We'll go over the uh, final count, by the way, at the end as well and uh, see what kind of damage we did. Just for shits and gigs. 300 bucks. We want to see how close we got to that 300 bucks. Yes. So uh, without anything further, what do you say we jump into this one? Sounds like a plan, Stan. Oh, no. Not again. All right, Grimy, in uh, this long, long year that we've had of 2023, not 1998, there have been a lot, a lot of uh, events, world and local, and some of the most uh, incredible things that happened this year, I'm sure you'll agree with me, over the summer, we had supposedly some confirmation that aliens do indeed exist, that we are not alone in this universe. Uh, just truly mind, well, maybe not mind-blowing, but kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> kind of fun stuff. All them Blink-182 songs finally making sense. I, I totally get it now. Yeah, the rest of the world finally caught up. And, I mean, hey, we know that aliens are as popular now as they've ever been. But it's not to say that they weren't also popular in 1998. We had things like the X-Files were really blowing up. Uh, God, I don't think Futurama had just uh, started quite yet, but it was on the horizon. It was it was coming. Uh, you couldn't walk by a vending machine without seeing one of those little <laughs> tiny yes. 25 cent homey style aliens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's know? more so- what I'm familiar with this little uh the vending machine aliens for sure and i feel like any carnival or uh fair they would have the little blow up aliens i mean just yep. aliens left and right everybody had something with an alien on it most people had fucking lisa frank stuff with aliens on it you couldn't escape it back in the 90s so uh, i'm genuinely curious uh what would you say is uh a popularized alien today i'm, I'm curious <laughs> Mm, a popularized alien today. <laughs> you said they're um, still popular today. I I don't know if I'd say that because no one gave a shit yeah. when the, the government was like, hey, aliens exist. They're well, like, oh. I, you know, there's other, <laughs> we had other stuff going on. We have Twitter now, you know? I mean, it's we, X, we've actually. Got, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sorry. No, we have social media. Why, you know, we've got other things to look at, other pretty colors to see. The, 
does Paul the uh, the Seth Rogen movie from uh, twelve years ago count? That's that's gonna count as aliens still being popular, right? <laughs> I never watched it. I'm not sure. <laughs> don't just don't. Okay. You know. The, anyways, <laughs> all this to say, <laughs> what's your first pick? Uh, man? Yeah, <laughs> alien <laughs> aliens <laughs> pretty popular back then. <laughs> and uh, to prove my point, my first pick my first purchase out of the 1998 jc penny catalog is the alien autopsy toy um i was having some real trouble finding information about this because it uh there's other versions of it um that other people have posted online but wasn't an incredibly popular toy and i think it's because at the time of uh, the catalog release, it was only nineteen ninety nine. So a bit of a budget toy. Not yeah. not uh, not anybody's favorite. Not anybody's first pick. But I have to tell you, I think I've gone into it in the past on previous Christmas episodes, uh, specifically with Gooey Louie, the game Gooey Louie. Oh yeah, I really loved any sort of a toy that I could get my hands on that allowed you to pull something out of somebody or stick something into somebody. I don't mean to. You know what I mean. You know? Where's that? <laughs> this sounds like another OnlyFans thing, bro. I, I just... Well, that actually, maybe. Maybe I'll get this alien autopsy for the OnlyFans, but, uh... Wow. Anyways. <laughs> so this alien autopsy toy, it's your classic little green man, but he's laying on this silver very chrome looking autopsy table and and uh he's got a big slit in his belly and it there's spaces for for organs and i don't really know what the point of this game is because if you look at the actual catalog it says alien anatomy no batteries needed so this thing doesn't use power there's no there's no operation angle to it so i don't really know what you're supposed to do here <laughs> yeah this is this is very weird um I, I really do appreciate this toy though um it's giving men in black where that where that dude in the the, the guy's head comes out it, it kind of has that vibe going for it absolutely i'm glad that you brought up men in black because it, it does it has a pre men in black men in black vibe about it I love this. I love the idea of digging and taking guts out of this little alien figure and putting them in these little slots. I appreciate that they're all like, well, they're bloody red looking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it's interesting because, you know, for a kid's toy, you think that all of these organs, it being an alien, maybe they would have made them like a teal color or a matching green yeah. or something. These look like man parts. Yeah. Okay. Man brain. Man spleen, it's just, it's a little odd, a little um, disconcerting. And if you'll notice, above this alien's head, there's actually a, what appears to be, I think those are forceps? Like, they look like pretty legit forceps. Yeah. Like, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable, but all in all, the reason I picked it is because I know as well uh, now... That I would have liked it now as much as I would have liked it back in 1998. Like, this would have been a hit toy for me. 
Doesn't matter that it's not a particularly expensive toy. Doesn't matter that I have no idea what the actual purpose of the toy is. Uh, I just would have loved it. I would have just been picking at it all day, shoving things, the little organs inside of it, losing organs left and right. Uh, it just would have been a great time. Honestly, this seems like a toy that would easily come out in today's market with uh, everything from fidget spinners to sensory toys. You know what I mean? That's the big thing right now. And this could easily fit in that category. Uh, put some like slime or something in it, some kind of, oh, you know, yeah. crinkly slime with some weird textures in it and add the little body parts. I mean, you've got yourself one hell of a toy. I think you actually improved upon this toy with the idea of the slime inclusion because that would make more sense here if this was a slime-filled alien and you needed to extract the organs from the slime inside of this alien's uh, chest and belly. Yeah. So, I, honestly, I might try to find one of these and just fill it with fill slime it. and then oh, yeah. that's a Saturday activity for me. I mean, it's a great idea. Great plan. I. Can I just skip work and do this? <laughs> uh, you can skip work all the time and do whatever you want. It's a free, it's a free world. It okay, is. you 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 have free will. You can cut <laughs> open aliens instead of going to work if you want. I'll let you. Your boss won't, but I will. As long as you're allowed taking points, you know it's the only way you win is get points. <laughs> <laughs> um. So just to quickly cap this off, not sure who made it. Don't know what toy company manufactured this. Like I said, not electronic. So I found somebody else online saying that this is a game because there was actually a tagline for this on another version of this that said the game that takes guts to win uh, from an uh, earlier 1990 version of this toy. But I, again, I don't understand how this is a game. I just feel like it's more of a sensory toy than anything else. Uh, so... And the last thing that I found on a Reddit thread, actually, so credit to Reddit. Ooh. Poet <laughs> oh, and you didn't know it? Is that somebody thinks maybe it was part, at least partially inspired by uh, there was an alien autopsy TV special that released on Fox in the 90s that was very popular, that, that got a lot of people to believe that aliens were real and that people had alien bodies in their possession and that this you know we were doing autopsies on them you can actually find a bumper for this on youtube so if you just look up fox's alien autopsy special you can see what some are speculating to be possibly the inspiration for this toy so a lot unknown if anybody has any ideas about this toy or uh, bits and tidbits I, I would greatly appreciate knowing uh, but otherwise, I just want this toy for $19.99, and I want to stuff slime inside of it, and I want to have a great time on OnlyFans. Deep under the aqua zone, where only the brave go, precious crystals are mined by Lego Hydronauts. Using their new technology, the Hydronauts will protect the aqua zone. But in the shadows, a new enemy is growing. Stingrays. With crystal power, stingrays will destroy the Hydronauts, and the aqua zone will be mine. Not if I can help it. The new Lego Aquazone collection. Each set sold separately. So the first gift I'm circling comes from Lego. It is the Lego Stingray Stormer set for $64.99, Derek. Have you ever seen this set before? Uh, it's funny because I'm looking at it, and I mentioned to you that 
while I might not have had this exact set, I think I had something close to it growing up because it's very distinct. It has a a character all its own, some bright neon pieces and some minifigs that look exclusive that I feel like I had. So I maybe I've seen it. Maybe I had it. I don't know. The memory is a little fuzzy. But it's a great pick, nonetheless, Grimey. I appreciate that. Well, it looks familiar probably because they've they've done, oh my God, so many of these sets. I'm going to backtrack a little bit here. So there was a period of time where pretty much every Christmas, every birthday, I was asking for Lego. They did just about everything they could with like an aquatic kind of themed set. And those were the ones I was particularly drawn to the most, stuff like your Aquanauts, your Aquazones. There was a set that was all shark-based. It was called Aqua Sharks, I think. And uh, there was another set, the Hydronauts, which was actually the um, the hero set to these sets here, which were known as the Stingrays, I believe. Um, but this one here, it's basically just like a big mechanical Stingray, which is kind of fucking amazing. I mean, like you said, it's got all these really cool... Uh, green kind of uh, neon pieces. Oh, one thing I'll also mention, a lot of the aqua sets got me if they had that like huge glass see-through dome on it. Like what an awesome feature to have on any Lego set, period. Absolutely. I mean, I wasn't one uh, to really break my Lego sets apart and yeah. build things on my own. Right. I really liked keeping them <laughs> as full sets. Uh, but if I were to screw around with some loose pieces the pieces that i would always reach for to try to make something out of were the little clear domes yeah. that for a windshield or a submarine look you know view whatever it's just they're really cool like and and i feel like they're more special at that point to us than maybe they would be now to to kids now because i don't buy much lego anymore um, but I see a lot of it and they just do everything. Oh man, they do. Like sets are so elaborate. Mm -hmm. It almost feels like Lego is breaking their own rules that were in play when we were kids. Like right. to me, um, I, when I was really into it was around the time of the original Harry Potter movies. Mm hmm. And I don't know if you remember those Harry Potter sets when they first came out. Oh, yeah. But if you'll recall, uh, the rules, quote unquote, more or less, at least when I was growing up, how I how I viewed it were the minifigs. They all had to be like yellow skin toned, mm -hmm. like every minifig was yellow. So the original Harry Potter sets, all of the minifigures were had yellow skin and I don't know, come like the later movies up until now, all of those Harry Potter ones that they're making now, they're all like proper skin tones instead of just like a yellow minifigure. Right. So even something as small as that, it almost feels like Lego has sort of broken their own rules now. Mm -hmm. So I know I went off on a tangent, but <laughs> something like this set that you've picked where it has a cool dome piece or a windshield piece it felt so out of place of at the time for Lego because they weren't really doing things like that. So it felt really special. 
is is my point. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned all the uh, the newer sets though. That was one of the things that I listed here is like I would probably still be buying Lego sets and big pieces, but they're just so extravagant. They're so expensive now and they do everything under the sun. And when I go in on something, I don't go easy. Like I just buy mm-hmm. and buy and I'm like, I could see this being super dangerous. I have no fucking room here, but like that whole Harry Potter set is looking awfully awesome. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it's just for its time. I I can't imagine that this would wow any kids these days, but for right. its time, this was a really cool, unique, elaborate set. Unlike the standard Legos that were being released around this time or even before this where it was really really basic so yeah i dig it and uh man a lego shark by the way are you kidding me oh they're all amazing good. all good but this one uh, you could actually see on this page if you're viewing it um that there's another one that's in the stingray set i believe it's called the sea scorpion that's the other one. It's like the smaller one that fits with this set. It's, I think, a little over 200 pieces. The one I mentioned is 398 pieces, and it is, like I said, 64 uh, The other one, I think, is like 24 25 I'm trying to chip away at this uh, a little bit bigger. You know, I wanted to go a bit bigger with this one, so I did that one. And not to mention it comes with some really, really cool mini animals along with these little little minifigures that they typically come with. There's like an octopus, a shark, and I think there's a stingray as well in there. And also these like really cool little green crystals. They look like little pieces of kryptonite. uh, Pretty fucking awesome. All around a pretty awesome set for its time. And uh, yeah, definitely circling it here for our list. It's a good pick, man. It's a great way to jump into it. And... uh... Not gonna lie to you, a little nervous. You're starting off with a sixty-five dollar toy. You gotta, you gotta watch it, pal. You got a limited amount of funds here. Remember, though, we're being economical and we're not giving the government any of our money. Let's do another sketch, and this is a fun one, and this has to do with food, but it's something that I like to do in cartooning because it's something that can't be done in real life. And I'll show you what I mean. I'm gonna start with an egg shape right over here, a little bigger, and right here. A cube shape, which is actually a rectangle, so I guess it's a cube tangle. How's that? And I'll carve some things out of this because this is going to be a carton of milk. All right, Grimey. I told you I'm being very careful with my spending here because <laughs> I know that I want at least one really big gift, so I figure I should get all the little small stuff out of the way first. Not quite a stocking stuffer, but, uh, you know, something a little more economical. Make sure that... I'm covering all aspects of my next year after this Christmas. You know, I've got an alien that's going to keep me entertained after I put some goo inside of it. Uh, I really need to get better at how I'm phrasing things today. I just, (laughs) you know. (laughs) So I've got an alien uh, done. And now I'm thinking, hmm, I need something... That's going to keep me creatively fulfilled until next Christmas. You know, some some arts and crafts. Oh, something artsy. Some artsy stuff, I think. I, I think that'll be good. So, in my browsing for something a little more creative to maybe get my brain working a little bit, you know, get the neurons firing, I, 
I stumbled across this How to Draw Cartoons kit for $14.99. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I was really quite a fan of an art kit. Oh, man. Yeah, so... Most of my family members know me as like the kid that could draw back in the day. And naturally they were like, I don't know what this kid's into. Just get him like a pamphlet of paper and some fucking pencils. And naturally the progression went into these art kits. And most of them, they would be like a big briefcase basically. And they would have like a sharpener, some pencils, both colored pencils and regular and also pastels paints the whole nine yards this is part of my interest as a kid too like this is this is my thing this is my jam i'm i'm there with you in both spirit and heart (laughs) excellent uh yeah so same as you Uh, i'm just gonna throw you one big old ditto right there um from a very young age there's some home video of me um i don't know if anybody knows i don't know that i've spoken about it at length here but um, not to get too into detail, but I had some and still have some big issues with my feet, which especially when I was uh, a baby, I didn't have much mobility at all. And so I, instead of getting to walk around and crawl around like a normal toddler, I was sort of immobile. I had casts on my feet. I was delayed in that regard. So there was just a lot of I learned to read early. I learned to talk early. I, I sort of replaced my whole physical movement with like mental stimulation, hmm. which is really funny because I'm such a dumbass now. You know, I, oh, I, I lost it all early on. <laughs> it's all right, man. I'm right there with you. So one of the things in this home video that I was mentioning um, that I really fell in love with and that I liked to do, I loved to draw. And of course, it started as just scribbling. This home video was actually from Easter and I got some markers and, and I'm sitting on my dad's lap with casts on and just scribbling away. And I was like, not even one at this point. Like that was just what I did. And so it started there and it carried straight on through to now. I still love doing art and things like that. Um, but people realized from a very young age, oh, Let's nurture the whole artist drawing side of this kid. He's good at it. He likes it. Why not? And so, of course, like you, let's throw some art kits at him. The thing is, I knew kids because that was sort of a de facto gift for a lot of kids back then were art sets, mainly because I think it was just an easy gift to buy and probably pretty cost effective. I mean, here we are on this one. It's. $14.99, you know? Oh, yeah. If you can walk into a store and hand the cashier a 20 and get change back and you have a a gift for a kid for his birthday or Christmas, that's a pretty good deal. Oh, yeah. Perfect. And these art sets, by the way, they weren't anything really super extravagant. Like, when it comes to art, if you're not aware, like, you pay for what you get. You have to spend money on this stuff to get a good quality product. These things weren't it. But that doesn't mean that we didn't fucking love them with all of our being like <laughs> these things really exactly. made the holiday. Exactly. And and the thing is, so I really genuinely did love my art kits yes. because it just meant that I had a whole bunch of brand new markers or I got some slightly nicer than average uh, colored pencils or my favorite. I loved an oil crayon. I thought that was like the coolest shit ever. So yeah. um, I, I got quite a few of those kits growing up and I was happy to get them. 
Um, but what I didn't have was something like this, a, specifically a cartooning kit. Um, and I went with this one because there were other kits and basically the same kits that I had growing up in this catalog. But this one, the How to Draw Cartoon Doodle Tricks, uh, it came with a VHS tape. And this guy with a great name named Bruce Blitz, uh, in this half-hour VHS tape, you could pop it in. He would actually teach you how to doodle, how to draw cartoon characters. Um, so with the power of the internet, I actually found this tape that this art kit came with on YouTube and I gave it a watch and I have to say I would have ate this up if I were a kid it's so cool I mean he does some really interesting stuff uh that it's all directed at kids but he he doodles in such a way that um like I would never think to do what what this guy does in it like he'll draw letters Hmm. And then make a doodle out of a K or make a doodle out of a J. Like one of them, he wrote joy on the paper. And by the time he finished doodling it, it was a dude listening to headphones. But it still said joy there. But it was like, it was cool, man. It's cool. It's it's a great kit. And at $15 to get an art kit and a VHS tape teaching you how to draw, that's like a value. That's a great deal. It really is, man. Yeah. And those those VHS tapes, I never had one myself. I remember watching a couple in school a few times. And they really do kind of get you pumped up for drawing, like just a little bit more than just reading a book. And I've had plenty of the how to draw books, but a VHS tape is just that much better than a book. Oh, for sure. I mean, one of my fondest memories... Um, I had just moved schools in second grade into third grade to the complete opposite side of my city. Um, and one of the things that my parents did to sort of get me comfortable with that side of the city was they found out the library over there one night was offering a cartooning class. And so not this guy from the VHS tape, but mm. something, you know, someone who was doing a very similar thing, um, hosted this drawing night and they took me and I had like the best time ever that he's still the reason why I know how to draw Patrick star off the top of my head because of the way that this guy at the library taught us how to do it nice. in one 45 minute class one night. So, um, this VHS tape had very similar vibes to that class that I attended, you know, that one night, the community class. And, uh, yeah, it would have been great to have when I was a kid. I probably would have eaten it up. It probably would have been one of my most played tapes. Oh, yeah. Stuff that you keep with you for life. Like you'll remember how to draw using a J or using a, an L at any time. I, I love that. Love that for you. So one last thing about art kits, because truly, when are we ever going to get to talk about art kits ever again? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm about to make a very bold statement. And I just need you to go with me on this. Okay. But it's okay. the truth. Art kits, they actually taught me proper gift receiving etiquette when I was a kid. Really? So I've mentioned that I genuinely liked getting art kits. Um, but I had a fair number of them because again, that was the easy kit, uh, the easy gift to give a kid who liked art. So I was in kindergarten. And at this point, I already had a 
a few of them. Um, and I had just been given one for my birthday, uh, a very specific art kit from my aunt. A few days after my birthday, my friend from kindergarten gave me a birthday gift. They came over to my house and they handed me my gift and I opened it. And it was the same exact art kit that my aunt had given me a few days before. And my reaction was, oh, I already have this. (laughs) And my mother shot me a look like, don't you dare. Like, say thank you. Thank them for it. The the problem being was I was actually excited that I got another one because I was like, cool, I have two, which means I just have twice the amount of markers, (laughs) you know, but, you know, that's not how an adult read the way that it came out of my mouth. Right. And so she pulled me aside afterwards and was like, you need to just say thank you, even if you already have it or even if you don't like it. Yeah. And then we can deal with it afterwards. And I was like, but I did like it. And she was like but why did you tell them that you already got that? And I was like, cause I have two. And she was like, <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, don't, don't say it that way. So <laughs> the art kit is the only reason as a kid, I learned how to like accept a gift from somebody and it didn't matter. And it's stuck in my mind to this day. I think about that moment where even if somebody gives me something <laughs> I don't like, or I already have or whatever it is, I go, Wow, that's so great. Thank you so much. And then if I don't like it, toss it in the regifting pile. So in this particular catalog, there was like four or five different really, really cool and iconic Nickelodeon products that most 90s kids probably grew up with. Unfortunately, I did not. So I had to pick at least one, and if I had to go with one, it had to be the Nickelodeon Time Blaster for $34.99. Did you happen to have a Nickelodeon Time Blaster? I didn't, and you know what? I feel like it might be a little self-explanatory, but can you explain what a Nickelodeon Time Blaster is? It's a clock. (laughs) It's a clock. <laughs> That's it. It's the easiest explanation ever. It's legitimately just a clock. But it goes so much deeper than just a clock. Well, of course. I mean, it's Nickelodeon. They're yeah. not going to put out just a clock. Right. They're not going to put out just a telephone, grimy, yeah. or an AM FM radio. Yeah, I even I put in my notes that this probably sounds like the dumbest gift idea ever, but when you break it down... This thing is super iconic. You see it at your friend's house, and a majority of my friends did have one of these things, and it was mostly the the time blaster. Like, I would get so fucking jealous. Like, why can't I have this? Why did my mom and dad not buy me the time blaster? And I, I don't really know if it does anything eccentric or anything like that, if it does any cool, like... I know it has a lot of bells and whistles on it, or at least it appears like it does. I don't know if it makes any noises or does anything really cool. All I know is that it looks dope. <laughs> it should have been in my bedroom when I was a kid. Uh, so I'm reading it here. Um, Nickelodeon Time Blaster Alarm Clock Radio. Eight wake-up sounds of a bugle, cuckoos, boings, and nick noise. Nick, 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 nick. Oh, we'll Plus a marching band rooster and whistle wake-up. 
It's an AM FM radio with a nine minute snooze and alarm. Green slime LED display and power rod, the little lightning rod on the top of the device, flashes when the alarm sounds. Made of plastic. Of course it's made of plastic. So yeah, it sounds like it was a fully featured and kind of jam-packed. All that and the fact that it looks like it came out of Dr. Frankenstein's lab. Like this this is an easy pick. Yeah, well that's it. It's the flashing uh lightning rod on the top of this thing. It is, man. And that actually wasn't exclusive to this. It looks like they also had that same flashing rod or a version of it over on the Time Blaster telephone yes. as well. Yes, very, very similar. So I know I talk a lot about my Goodwill finds. Um, this happens to be one of them. I actually found oh. two of them back to back. One There was one year, it was about oh, probably six, seven years ago before I really started collecting hardcore. Uh, me and my girlfriend were at Goodwill here in town. And I just happened to see one. I was like, oh, man, I need to have this. And she looked at me and she was like, mm, I don't think you need that. And I was like, okay, all right. So I sat it down. I make another Goodwill trip there like months later. And I knew it was gone already. So there's no way it would have been there still. Another one pops up. And again, I pick this thing up like I need to have this. She's like, what are you going to do with this clock? I'm like, well, I'm going to set it next to everything else in my room that I set it stuffed next to. I was like, that's, that's what it's for. I'll read the time on it, I guess. Again, sat it down, did not pick it up. I have never seen one or two since. <laughs> and these things, just so we're clear here, are not cheap at all right now. Like, you can find broken ones on eBay for like a couple hundred bucks. I'm so depressed and disappointed. Dude, I, I get that's the same exact feeling every time I walk into the Goodwill and I go to the electronics area and there's nothing cool just there. Just hoping that you're going to see another Dude, time blast. I shit you not, I do. Every single Ugh. moment I go into a Goodwill, I check immediately just in case there's some other motherfucker in there picking a bunch of the cool, like, nostalgic stuff. I'm like... There's always one dude in there that's, like, picking through and you could tell he's, like, looking at his phone and looking everything up and I'm like... That's the guy who takes all the shit, and I'm going to get it before he does. But there's never anything there, so whatever. Wow. Yeah. What an absolute bummer of a story <laughs> that you just told me. Way to bring the whole room down. Yeah, God the holiday it. magic is gone. Wow. I really, really hate that story. Shame <laughs> on you for telling it. Grimy, grimy, grimy. I'm disappointed in you, and I'm about to make you disappointed in me. Are you ready? <laughs> well, it's got to be sports. <laughs> What's a leftover pizza show without sports, Derek? Well, you know, it's. I've been told uh, the least endearing part of all of our episodes is when I talk about sports. So I'm going to just keep bringing it up. Okay. The, the more you people hate it, the more I'm going to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> This is Derek's thing. He's like kind of a contrarian. I'm not a contrarian. No, I'm not. Now you're just gaslighting. <laughs> no. 
You're crazy. I've never said anything on the never contrary ever in my life. Never. No, I, I actually, I legit, I like when you go off on your sports. Sports weren't the same then as they are now. You know, like we used to look at sports with such a different lens. And I think uh, that reverence is mainly due to uh, lax safety measures. So we were having athletes just get beamed <laughs> off the head left and right and get stupid forever, you know? I yeah. mean, but it was more fun that way, Grimy. It was. <laughs> when we were risking bodily injury so much more easily than we are now. It's and when true. we didn't care about our he men's. Uh, <laughs> long-term wellness and health. <laughs> yeah, this, this is true. And just a, a little side tangent here, uh, just to prove your point, me and a buddy at work were watching old UFC videos. There was a 600-pound man against a 200-pound man. It was fucking awesome. Yes. And I'm sure that they're both <laughs> fine and alive and safe and functioning. It's true. You know, I mean, nothing bad happened back then. Yes. Yeah, so, so what sports item in this catalog are you bringing up tonight? Now that we've talked for five minutes, I want you all to know that I've circled the Irwin Top Corner Tabletop Rod Hockey Game for a price of seventy nine ninety nine. That's right, Grimy. I'm splurging. This I'm is... going a little bit above, uh, you know, my last few picks money wise. I'm going a little crazy. I'm crazy. spending it all on sports. I'm putting it all on sports reckless abandon throwing all caution to the wind that's right i like Like many folks this time of year i'm just putting all my money on sports and hoping for the best um yeah so basically what this is uh if you haven't gathered which you probably haven't because i've been talking about other things is this is a tabletop um home version of a bubble hockey game which i know has come up on this show in the past Specifically, I believe, on the arcade show from, God, almost two oh years God. ago at this point, I yeah, want to say. a while ago. Yeah, so throwing it back, if you remember that episode or if you know anything about me, you'll know that one of my favorite things to do when I find an arcade is hope and pray that they have a bubble hockey machine. If you're not in the, in the loop, I think Grimy wasn't last time, so I'll do you a solid. Uh, and I'll re-explain it, not just for Grimy, but for you, the listener. <laughs> <laughs> Bubble hockey is exactly what it sounds like. Think foosball, but instead of little soccer players, you have hockey players. And instead of a little foosball, little little soccer ball, um, a little hockey puck shoots up out of the middle of it. And you use the rods... To move your little hockey players around, and Grimy is losing his mind over here. I'm sorry. Now I'm explaining it. So I'm I'm reading the description of this thing. All right, <laughs> it's the dumbest thing ever. Um, plastic of steel. It gives the the dimensions. In se- assembled in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> eh? <laughs> what are the odds? What are the odds? Well, it would have to be, I think, for it to be authentic. Uh, yeah, you, it's got to be assembled in Canada. That's Otherwise, fair. it's just not going to be built right. They know. Yeah. They know. Only some That's... of the parts imported from China assembled in Only Canada. Some. Only some. Oh, yeah, terrific. Exactly. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's just a miniature tabletop version of bubble hockey, one of the greatest tabletop arcade games to exist. And, uh, you know, there are other versions of this game in this catalog for less money 
But I just like how this one looks. It looks very high quality, Grammy. It does. This one looks beautiful. And I like this gift for two reasons. One, it it is every bit as beautiful as you're mentioning here. Uh, I love that it's like foosball style. It, it, it does look really, really great. And I'm sure it plays great. The second reason, I love any chance to bring the arcade into the home. Mm-hmm. Like that that's that's mm-hmm. the best of both worlds right there. Like, yeah, it would be great to go to Chuck E. Cheese or to a Playtime Pizza or what have you. But when you can do that at home, that that's just a win-win. Now listen, it was always a dream of mine to bring the arcade home into my home when I was a kid. And so I wanna say for like four or five Christmases. I would try to find things that I could ask for where I could do that. Um, I've mentioned it that the basement in my parents' house was more or less my my playroom. And I was hell-bent on asking for things that I could turn that playroom into a quote-unquote home arcade. So it all started when I asked for an air hockey table. Um, oh, I want to say like in 2000 or 2001 maybe Hmm. and then after that i asked for a pinball machine which it wasn't a real big you know crazy pinball right one of the little toy ones it was probably it was a step up interestingly enough from the tabletop version that were very popular back then okay um you know there's i had like a mortal Kombat one when i was a kid the little dinky tabletop pinball machines it was a step up from that it actually had its own legs it was oh, still nice. small ish but i got a spider-man one and it had like a little screen on it a little lcd screen and it had speakers so like spider-man would talk to you and say oh you oh, got this man. bonus you got that bonus it's amazing and that's still up in my parents attic so i that's i gotta bring that down sometime because that thing was pretty cool so my point being I had an air hockey table. I got a pinball machine. At one point, I wanted skee-ball, but skee-ball was really hard to come by. There were no, like, home versions of skee-ball. Right. What they did come out with was a home bowling alley, quote-unquote. Okay. And the the bowling ball itself was small, kind of like candle pin sized. Mm. And um, it would light up. It was, like, translucent, and the bowling ball itself would light up. So you could turn the lights off and play this bowling game. But, you know, the, the big... Um, tabletop versions of a bowling game uh, where you take like the little ski ski puck and you like it was like that okay because the bowling pins would just sort of retract up into the into the thing at the end of the alley Do you know what i'm saying i do instead of having to set pins it would set itself yeah yep so i had those three things and then i always wanted like other things to build on that but i fell off a little bit but i did have sort of one of these uh tabletop hockey games not this nice, though. Uh, this is definitely not professional, but like kind of as good as you're going to get in that sub $100 range. So I say this because I would have loved to have added this to my little home arcade. That would have been a great addition and something I could have played with my cousins. Yeah, you basically, back in your childhood, already made yourself a leftover pizza arcade. So props to you, man. Pretty That's much. awesome. Pretty much. I was hellbent, and I, <laughs> I I figured out a way to do it. It might not have been professional, and uh, it didn't have to be. It was it was good enough. I had some good times down there with all this stuff. And the Irwin Top Corner Hockey Set would have 
helped with that a little bit. Coming to video for you to own. <laughs> the good. I am Archer, emissary of the Gorgonites. The bad. There will be no mercy. And <laughs> the odd. That's so close. You'll uh, ruin your eye. Together in one movie with more action. Open fire. More excitement. Oh, no, 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 no. And more fun. Uh-oh. Than you'll find in any other video this year. Small soldiers coming to video November 10th, rated PG-13. So Derek, after its theatrical release in July of 1998, the movie Small Soldiers took up quite a bit of space in this particular catalog, if you hadn't noticed. Oh my god. I <laughs> remember Small Soldiers being popular back then. Hmm? I didn't really know because I wasn't allowed to watch the movie, but... Holy crap, there is so much real estate being taken up by small soldiers merchandise here. And like they were pulling all the stops, how most toy companies typically do anything that had already happened. They got the small soldiers take on it. Basically, there was like the karate fighters that me and you both frequently talk about. They got a brand of their own pretty much all the stops. Did you ever watch this movie before or what happened? I've seen it in bits and pieces and I've been meaning to watch it in full as an adult, but it's just one of those things that I keep forgetting to get around to. I mean, okay. I only just the other day watched Looney Tunes back in action after 20 years of it being available. So it's on my long get to list, but that didn't stop me from being obsessed with it when I was a kid. I actually had some small soldier stuff against my parents' wishes, Mm -hmm. despite not having actually seen the movie. I see. Well, when this movie came out, um, I was all the fuck in on it, way in over my head. I loved this movie, and it's, in my opinion, it's totally underrated. Like, But I think that's what makes me love it more, is that a lot of people... I feel like don't appreciate it. Like they're not they're not into it as much as a lot of the other '90s franchises around that time. Um, it's like this nice little hidden gem, and uh, it really surprises me. It didn't catch as many people's attention. It's like this Gremlins meets Toy Story kind of thing, and there's a lot to love about it. Anyways, we're not really talking the movie. We're talking the toys, and that is. My third pick here, the Small Soldiers 6-inch figure 2-pack featuring battle-damaged Archer and Major Chip Hazard. And if you're going to get any two figures from this line, they have to be Archer and Major Chip Hazard. They're obviously the two main characters. And for 20 bucks, uh, I'm not saying no. These are pretty quality figures. I didn't have these ones specifically. I did have other ones in this set when I was a kid. But I do remember seeing these on store shelves. Like, if I could go back in time right now, I would definitely grab these off of the shelf. From the pictures, they look pretty great. They do have, like, kind of a Terminator effect going on. You know, how they have, like, some missing body parts, skin, and stuff like that. Like, there is that. The Major, he has, like... This giant weapon, which is featured in the film, it's like the little blade blaster thing, and it has a, a little knife attached to it on the bottom. You can kind of see on Archer, his hand is kind of ripped away a little bit, and there's some little green spots where uh, toy pieces probably would have been uh, all around. These are pretty excellent figures. For, for $20, two six-inch figures, you can't beat it. So here's what I like about not only these figures, but... Everything I'm seeing from this section in the catalog. You mentioned Toy Story. Toy Story, one of my favorites. 
And at the time, the toys themselves were among my favorites. I was obsessed with the movie. I was obsessed with the toys growing up. I will say, though Toy Story merchandisers got most of the Toy Story toys right, some of them, depending on which ones you bought, were a little off here or a little off there. It wasn't uncommon to see a Woody toy that was sub um, the price point of an actual Woody doll. Yeah. And those ones, they always looked a little weird. Like they were stuffed oh, yeah. weird yep. or they had a weird mold on the face. Um, so sometimes the Toy Story toys, even though it was a movie about toys, didn't do a great job uh, representing the toys from the movie. That is totally not the case here oh, no. for the small soldiers <laughs> line. It doesn't matter how much money you spend on any of these toys, whether it be the $20 for, for two pack, or it can go right up to, I'm seeing 35 bucks here, 25 bucks each figure for these 12 inch figures. They all look basically exactly how they do in the movie. Like oh, yeah. these are great representations of the characters from the movie. They look like they've been ripped right from the screen. That's how typically all of these toys were too. Like I had a bunch of the base set when I was a kid, so you're like regular versions of Archer and Major Tabazer and a couple of the other soldiers, a couple of the other Gorgonite, the good team, whatever you want to call it. Um, and they were all solid figures. They looked great. They looked like they just came out of the movie. The only downfall is that most of them didn't make like noises or anything. That I know they had specific ones like the Toy Story toys. They have ones that do all the bells and whistles, but um, it didn't bother me that much, to be honest. Like these just, they were super fun toys and to buy them nowadays, like, like I said, this is such a weird movie that it really didn't grasp a whole lot of fans. But because of that, a lot of these toys are like super expensive. <laughs> I mean, you can't buy one of these figures for less than like 70 bucks now. It's insane. Yeah, so, I mean, do a little bit of time traveling and in, in, uh, course correct. I, I get it. <laughs> you you do that a lot. You want to time travel for oh, uh, for your time blaster, time travel Wood. for your little small soldiers. I, I, I get it. I get it. The Leftover Pizza Podcast suffices for all of my, my uh, endeavors. It's, it's, it's good enough to go back and, you know, pretend I'm going back at least. <laughs> Closest that you're getting at least in this decade. Jingle bells, Santa smells, Christmas really stunk. I got nothing that I like, my gifts were all just junk. Boxes full of clothes, CDs no one knows. When I wanted something for my Nintendo 64. Zelda's great, Turok 2, South Park would be fine. How about Rogue Squadron? That game should be mine. Make up for a lame Christmas. Get the hits you missed on N64. Mom and Dad, I'm so sad. All right, Grimy, if there are two things that were guaranteed in this world, or at least on this podcast, one is that I'm bringing up sports whenever I get a chance to, despite me not watching them. And number two, <laughs> I'm going to talk about video games. I'm always going to find a way to weasel a video game in if I can. And guess what? It's happening. I'm weaseling it in. It's perfect, though. Like, I feel like... No holiday is complete without the big console. You know what I mean? It just is awesome to get the console. Like you see the big box in the back and you're like, I'm going to save that one for last. And then you finally you know. tear open and you're like, yeah, this is the one. So I'm doing a bit of uh, 
fixing my past here, if you will, just like you were doing with small soldiers. Um, and in this particular JC Penny catalog, I'll note that it was 1998. So while I think we got the Game Boy Color released in 1998, there were no big, as far as I know, home console releases that year. Um, for this particular console that I'm talking about, it was actually released way back in 1996, so a, two, a full two years before this catalog would have dropped. So I am, of course, course correcting and picking a Nintendo 64 for the bargain price, if you would agree with me, of 129 99. Oh yeah. That's that's a great price. And just so we're clear, I never got any of my consoles on time. It was always a year or two later. So like this is pretty much on board with exactly what my family would do. So eh. So it's funny. I did get a Nintendo 64 when I was a kid. Um but I actually didn't get it until I want to say Christmas of 2000. So if we thought that $129.99 was a bargain price, I can guarantee it was even lower than that when I got it from my uncle a uh, full two years later. Uh, around a time when the PS2 was just brand new and just dropping, and that whole generation was kicking off. So more or less, I was a full generation behind for quite a while. Um, but I don't know that I would really change a thing. Uh, thinking back... Even though N64 games in that whole era of 3D gaming hasn't aged the best, I can say it was the first generation that I found myself absolutely obsessed with. I just ate, slept, breathed video games, in, particu in particular the N64, the N64 library. It was everything that I wanted it to be. And uh, I, I just, I loved it. Uh, I did. And if you gave me a choice between the, the two competing consoles at the time, the PS1 and the N64, I'm picking the N64 every time. Yeah, the absolutely. PS1's great. It's got a great library and some would argue even better than the N64. But uh, nostalgia aside, I think the N64 just has some great games and it's just capable of, of just some good times in general. Yeah, it's a good one to start with, too, by the way. Like, that's the one that a lot of people, I feel like, they came into the video game world, and that was the one that they were obsessed with, and still are. Like, they still have very, very tied memories to that specific console. And unfortunately, I didn't, I wasn't blessed with one ever, but a lot of my cousins, a lot of my friends, they all had the N64 and I made sure I got mine, you know, I got my time in with it and it's still one of my favorite systems. There, there was just so much there, um, despite, you know, a lot of people complaining about its relatively small catalog uh and you know people will say that but 600 games that's that's kind of a lot to go through like i don't think i could ever play 600 games if i wanted to it has 600 games 600 plus games i'm sure that there's actually more than that there uh, are consoles that came out that only had four games to start with and only ended in 40 games like 600 plus well, games isn't anything to sneeze at. 
I think if we're just talking Nintendo in general, the uh, famed or infamous, I should say, Virtual Boy. We're not going to talk about that. That (laughs) that ended its run with like 12 or 13 games. So it's been worse, people. Even with Nintendo, it's been worse. Yep, that's true. (laughs) Very true. Oh, the infamous Virtual Boy. Uh, I love it. It's it's ridiculous and it's crazy, but it's uh, you know, they gave it their their yeah, best shot. They, they shot their shot, you know. They, they sure did. Uh, so really, the only thing that I would change about the Nintendo sixty four would be getting it sooner. And this is nineteen ninety eight, so I would technically be getting it two whole two years, years sooner than I would have gotten it. Um, and I have to tell you, I think that those two years would have made a big difference in what kind of games I got like uh, that I probably would still have to this day, things that I would have added to my collection. So 1998, it's been around for two full years at this point, so it's got two two whole years of catalog uh, being built. There's already great games on this, on this system. Uh, it launched with Super Mario 64. That's one of my favorite games of all time. It I think it launched with Wave Race 64, which again, I loved that game as a kid. So we would have had games like that already out. But in 1998, here are some of the hits of the season of that particular year that we could have picked up alongside an N64 had I been able to get one. 1080 Snowboarding was released. Banjo-Kazooie. Huge Huge game. game. One of the biggest, probably of all time. Yep. Uh, a personal one that I have sort of a, a guilty pleasure for called Bio Freaks. I actually picked one. that one up a few years ago. It's not great, but it's interesting. And I like how it looks. Like, I like the concept more than I think I like the game. Um, but probably would have loved it as a kid, honestly. I wouldn't have thought that it was a piece of shit, you know. <laughs> Cruisin' World, big fan of the Cruisin' series, and that was released this year. Clay Fighter Sculptor's Cut came out this year for that system. F-Zero X, Glover, Mortal Kombat 4, one for me, NFL Blitz was released that year for it. Quake, one of the most uh, 90s games that we all just absolutely love. South Park was released for it. Uh, What a hit that was with all like the tween age boys back then. Yes, totally. Everybody had it. Everybody loved it. Hard to play these days. But wouldn't have sneezed at a, a, a copy if no, somebody would, would to hand me one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yoshi's Story. And of course, not that I'm a big fan of the series, but we can't deny its importance to basically the whole genre. Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time was released this year as well. So in one year, think about how heavy some of those hitters are. And just that list alone. That's not even a complete list. Those are just like the best of the best, the cream of the crop. Hey, do you know what Ocarina of Time is in German? Oh, boy. Das Tuten Duten. (laughs) (laughs) Take a lap. Take a walk. Get out of here. I saw that on Facebook this morning. I just had to pop that in there. Yeah, that's where it should have stayed. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so funny. But uh, yeah, man, I... There's several awesome games I used to love for the N64, and none of them appeared in this catalog. <laughs> I'm pretty bummed, but uh, just a quick shout out to one of my personal favorites, uh, Mischief Makers, one of my all-time favorite N64 games ever. It's a fucking awesome game. 
I don't know that I've ever played oh Mischief my God. Makers, but I, I'm going to have to pop so that good. one in. It's so good. I, I'll, I'll have to check that out. What What is the gameplay style on that? Get, pitch me. 30 it's, seconds. It's a side-scroller. Is it? It's a side-scroller. Yeah. It's, it's a 3D side-scroller. Okay. I love that. That's I love great. a platformer. I love mm-hmm. a side-scroller. I, you, you've caught my attention. Mischief Makers? Yep. You got it. That's that's what I'll play after I finish uh, be- beating Battle for Bikini Bottom on Game Boy Advance. Oh, okay, Will that be before that. or after <laughs> your second bottle of Glug? <laughs> right smack dab in the middle of it, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think we mentioned at the top of the show that maybe we'd sort of be cheating a little bit because we yeah. said that we were going to pick... Four picks. That's kind of our usual format. But, Grimy, I still have some money left. Oh, absolutely. And you can't get yourself a video game system and not get a piece of software to go along with it, can you? No, it's pointless. And vice versa. You can't get the game without the console. So, like, we're stuck in this little dilemma here. And this is how we're fixing it. So I got some cash burning a hole in my pocket. I need something to go with my brand new, uh, spanking new N64. I've looked over my list. I've looked to see what's available in the catalog. And I am spending my last $54.99 on a copy of 1080 Snowboarding. Good choice. Listen, uh, 1080 Snowboarding is one of those games um, that I never had. Uh, and it was one of the rare instances where I actually rented it. And I rented it on more than one occasion. Hmm. Um, I somehow managed to convince my dad one day to let me rent an N64 game. There wasn't much to choose from. And I somehow landed on 1080. Um, this was one of those few games that when I brought it home, my dad would actually play it with me. My dad actually liked playing. He shredded some snow dad- with you? Yeah, my That's dad dope. got a kick out of me playing this game. I, I don't know what it was. I kind of have a vague memory of him and one of my uncles having a preference if we were playing a game that was like based on something that you could do in reality (laughs) (laughs) it was sort of like well i don't like him sitting in front of the boob tube but at least he's doing something like snowboarding that he could possibly get out there and do like i think oh like this is this is gonna give you the initiative like i'm doing it here and this is fun let's go outside but I guess, maybe. Uh, and to his credit, uh, not so much my dad, because my dad didn't think along those lines as much as my uncle did. Okay. But 1080 did intrigue me enough to want to snowboard. And while I didn't do real big boy snowboarding, like on a mountain or anything, <laughs> uh, one Christmas, a few years later, I did ask for a beginner board. And I did uh, shred down the little hill in my backyard on uh, numerous occasions. So... It's one of those instances where um, video games did influence me in real life a little bit for the better. So, yeah, if, I, if I'm if i picking an N64, I'm picking 1080 snowboarding to go with it. That seems like a perfect pairing for me for Christmas morning. So open up, sit down, play, and have a good time before I fall asleep under the tree because I had one too many uh, glasses of Glock. <laughs> From Sony's PlayStation come the greatest hits. All your old favorites. Like the soft sounds of swarm and missile. And the gentle crack of Sophia's whip. You've a hilarious hand. You're too sweet, too sad, lovable clown. All for just $24.99 each. But wait. There's more. 
That's right. The PlayStation is a mere $149. And you can also get leading titles. Like Crash Bandicoot and Jet Moto. For just $49.99 and less. You are not... All right, my last pick of the night. You picked a pretty big console. I'm going to pick one too. And that is the PlayStation 1. Which hit in '95, we we said right '95. It hit. It had a full year, actually a little over a full year, uh, head start on the Nintendo 64. Wow, insane! Well, I only picked mine up, I think, in like '96 or '97. So I'm actually pushing mine further out, which isn't horrible i mean i still played the ps1 well into 2000 2001 i believe um until of course i got my hands on a dreamcast but yeah uh three years late here isn't too bad i guess so the ps1 i i i played the n64 and i loved it i was never able to get one and then i think before that the sega saturn came out uh, I played that, loved that, also didn't get it because of the price. This was pretty much the next logical step, and it just seemed like such a game changer in the video game world. Like I said, I played the Sega Saturn already. As soon as this hit, it really rendered a lot of that stuff useless. Like, it just didn't feel near as fun, it was very underwhelming, and the PS1 kind of... I don't know. It, it it gave you things that a lot of these other consoles I felt didn't. If um Sega and Sega Genesis in particular, if that was the the cool edgy new system that was more, you know, aimed at adults, uh PlayStation was a huge yep. jumping off point uh taking that idea and really just pushing it. Like PlayStation when I was growing up, I remember Everybody telling me that I couldn't get a PlayStation. PlayStation was for big kids. Big kids. Uh, and so I, I, I thought it was sort of cool and also sort of scary right. in that regard. Because it was like, what is on this that mm. I can't play, you know? And I, whenever I would go to somebody's house who had a PlayStation, I... Most of the time, I don't even think I would play with them. I would just watch them because it was always right. the older kids who had it. Oh, yeah. And part of that was probably them not letting me play. But part of that was also me being like, I can't play because it's for the older kids. Mm -hmm. So Sony was doing something really interesting and really different in how it was selling uh, itself to people because it was taking itself very seriously. Where everybody else was thinking that video games were for kids or at the most teenagers playstation was like yeah your dad might actually want to buy a playstation you know like that this could be something that your dad would want to get for himself it seemed very mature yes. mm -hmm. and very grown up and very cool oh yeah definitely and for most people this was their first foray into like the cd realm of video games because mm -hmm. i know that uh the the jaguar came out nobody got one of them um the sega cd sega cd expensive turbo graphics had a cd port or whatever i think sega saturn was it was 300 399 or something like that 
When the PS1 first came out, it was $299. There's actually a press conference where the Sega, people from Sega America and Sony were in the same press conference room or whatever. Um, Sega went and did their whole spiel and they were like, yeah, the console's going to be $399. The Sony rep actually got up on the podium. The only words that came out of his mouth, $299. Yes. Dude, I just yep. watched that yesterday. <laughs> Rest in peace, E3. That was at one of yeah, the first dude. E3 conventions. Yep. How legendary. Absolutely I mean, shattered the world, dude. How can you go up uh, at like our Christmas list aside? Yeah. How can you go up against a company like that? The balls that they had at that point. <laughs> because don't forget, Grimy, the PlayStation is born out of Sony trying to work with Nintendo and being like, hey, do you guys want to make a console and we'll handle the CD portion and it can oh, still yeah. be a Nintendo console? And Nintendo was like, no, we're not going to do that. Yep. And Sony was like, you're not going to do that, huh? Okay, fuck you. I'm going to make a, a console that's going to be more successful than any of your consoles put together. And I'm going to outsell it by like three times. Like, yeah. That took some cojones. Oh, it did. And they didn't just work or try to work with Nintendo. They actually tried working in the same respective matter with Sega. Like, I think they were giving them chips or something like that for their consoles. And, you know, they had something with graphics that were just going to amplify their systems. And Sega, they basically were just like, no, piss off. We don't want you. We're going to do this on our own. We always have. And that, you know, the rest is history. And that was that was their... Their big kick, basically, two ninety nine. That was it. That's all they needed, and it crushed them. Funny, so mm -hmm. so wild, so crazy. It is wild. So yeah, I uh, just to commemorate once again before <laughs> we let you talk about your gift that yeah. you're buying yourself. Rest E3, in peace, E three. Literally two days ago, yep. they said that E three is no longer. Uh, uh, just rest in peace. You know, rest you were peace, good at boy. one point. Thanks for the memories. Love you. Huge loss. But yeah, back to the PS one. So, uh, what well, they came out in 95, I actually didn't hear about the P, the P, <laughs> the P, that all folks, I actually hadn't even heard about the PS one until like, oh man, it was probably well into the year after it came out and I was just moving into a new home. I was pretty young at this point. I didn't have any friends in the neighborhood yet because I was really going out and meeting people or anything. But a couple of kids across the street and they're like, hey, man, you want to come over and hang out? And so I did. And they introduced me to the PS1. And we played Tekken 2. And man, I was just instantly sold on this whole idea. I was like, wow, we're putting a CD in this thing. And it's playing something that looks like that. Because again, I'm used to the Sega Saturn where the graphics weren't really great and this kicked its ass. It was just so much better mm -hmm. in every way. Tekken 2 and Tekken 3 are like two of my favorite games now because of that. Like it just, it stuck with me for a pretty long time. But that was, what, $129.99? Yeah, I think you got some wiggle room there. Yeah, I, I do. I do. I have about uh, 50 odd dollars here to spend yet. So... While I wanted to go with something like Jet Moto 2, because that was also one of my big favorite games, uh, that was just a little bit too cheap. And I think I'm going to go with Jersey Devil for $49.99. Uh, yes, splurge on yourself a bit. Jersey Devil is a very interesting one. A bit of an underrated game, I would say. It's it's kind of a flop. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's not a perfect game. <laughs> it's rated. 
It's, it's rated, if anything. <laughs> it's rated. Yeah, it's it's just, uh, it didn't hit the way it was supposed to. I feel like it was a rushed concept. I played it a ton, nonetheless. When I got my PlayStation 1, it actually came with a demo disc that had, like, Tomb Raider, Tekken 3, I think Gex 2, and it also had fucking Jersey Devil on it. I mean, I played it as, as far as you could play it in this demo thousands of times, I, with without a doubt. I would have loved to have the, the, the whole game. Now I do. <laughs> well, now you do. That's right. Circle it in that book, and it's going to appear under your tree on Christmas morning, my boy. But, um, yeah, going out with a bang. The N64 and the PS1, both bought in the same Christmas year. This is... Same Christmas. Can you yeah. believe it? Yeah. What a time. What a time to be alive. What a great way to cap off this wish book adventure, Grimy. Absolutely. He's mischievous. <laughs> and he's in a city full of tough bosses, mind-bending puzzles, and mutant vegetables. Jersey Devil. Oh, get off of me. So before we let you go, we want to just do our final tally here. You want to go first on this here? Uh, yeah. Um, well, here it is. Oh, shit. Tax is not included. Tax is not included, but you can go through and you can count it. Every last dime that I said that I would spend uh, or that I could spend, I did spend. Literally right down to the penny. You said at the start of the show, I couldn't go over $300 and I didn't. Not even by a penny, like you said. (laughs) So I held you to it. Uh, I'll, I'll even give you all the amounts so you can go through if you want right now. 1999 for the Alien Anatomy Autopsy toy. The Nintendo 64 was 129.99, and my copy of 1080 Snowboarding was 54.99. My Irwin Top Corner Tabletop Rod Hockey Game, what a mouthful, was 79.99. <laughs> And my How to Draw Cartoons with VHS Tape starring Bruce Blitz was $14.99. If you add all that together, it is $300 exact to the penny. No tax. I spent it all. Dare you to do better, Grimy. I don't think it's going to happen. That's just, that's (laughs) art. All right. That's art. (laughs) It's got to be some kind of a record. It's got to be. All right, so uh, Nickelodeon Time Blaster thirty four ninety nine, Lego Stingray Stormer sixty four ninety nine, PlayStation One one twenty nine ninety nine plus Jersey Devil, which is forty nine ninety nine, and finally the six inch figure two pack Small Soldiers nineteen ninety nine, for a grand total of two Ooh, I beat you by five cents. Five cents. If this were prices right, I'd be shaking Drew Carey's hand right now. You got me. You got me. You win this one. You win this one. Uh, it's not a contest. We're all winners here because we all got exactly what we wanted for Christmas Crimey. And that should be uh, more than a consolation prize. It's a gift. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> So yeah, anyways, uh, this is an idea that you had going way back. I oh, want yeah. to say like January 1, you said, we should do this because I have a stack of catalogs that yep. I have not gone through yet. And I said, okay, so you've been basically waiting like a good little boy all year to be able to actually flip through and for the first time in your life, Grimy, circle 
some items that you wanted from a Christmas catalog. So Absolutely. I have to ask, as we close out this show, was it everything that you always wanted it to be? It was. It was pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed this. And what a good boy I was, because before I uh, did anything, really, I, I, I came to you with this idea, and I said, okay, buddy, here's the list. Pick your poison. I allowed you to pick the book. You picked 1998. And I even gave you the fair shot of picking all of your picks first before I rummaged through this. I was like, I was a fuck. I was the greatest boy. All right. Santa Claus has me on the top of his list. Yeah. So your stocking is going to be as full as hell, let me tell you, because of how how good you were. Yeah. He's probably going to shit in it. Lump of, I was going to say, I was going to get a lump of (laughs) petrified shit in mine. (laughs) We're both getting shit for Christmas. You know, it's just how it rolls. But no, I had a lot of fun doing this one, and uh, we can easily do this again next year, and we just might, you know, given if there's enough demand. So if you like this episode, let us know. Like perhaps uh, Instagram or even on threads at Leftover Pizza Podcast. How about Twitter or X, as the cool kids are calling it these days? Is it X? I don't really understand it. It's but... X, and nobody calls it that, so you don't need to. Okay. We just call it Twitter. All right. Well, you can find us there at L-F-T-O-V-R, Pizza Club. And you can find Leftover Pizza on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. Also on Facebook, if you're already there, you might as well join the Leftover Pizza Club, which is a nice little community where we hang out and chat, and you can find some cool, like-minded peeps to talk about PlayStation and the Jersey Devil and gooey alien autopsy toys. Okay, so go join the Facebook group, the Leftover Pizza Club. And if that wasn't enough, check out our website, leftoverpizzaclub.com. You can read all kinds of nostalgic articles and junk food reviews. Right now we have our holiday journal, and we've been popping up there every once in a while and plugging away. And It's stuff that we don't typically put on the Instagram or the Facebook, or at least stuff that we don't go in-depth as much on. So if you're interested, want to do some light reading, go there too. We're on Patreon. Yes, I know I keep talking about OnlyFans. We're not there yet, but we are on Patreon. Three bucks a month gets you access to our exclusive monthly bonus show. We've been doing it all year, so there's 11 or 12 now other episodes up there. Full length for you to go listen to, as well as a whole backlog of some old exclusive articles that we're not printing anywhere else. We haven't really been keeping up on those, but they're there to read nonetheless. So if you feel like supporting us and want some extra exclusive bonus content, if you just can't get enough Grimy and Derek, that's where you need to head. And lastly, wherever you're listening to us, however you're listening to us, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. It's the season of giving. All that stuff helps a great deal, and we appreciate it very, very much. Very very much well grimy uh i hate to say it but i'm getting a little sleepy and i don't think santa's gonna come unless i'm in bed counting sugar plums oh sugar plums are starting to dance around in your head okay yeah, yeah we can yeah, do that I gotta count yep. them i i gotta i gotta go to sleep because otherwise i'm not getting my copy of 1080 snowboarding and i'm sure as hell not getting my uh alien goo boy so i really i should dash off to bed so i can hear such a clatter arise above my head 
No, no, no. That's the Rose Suchik Ladder Company you're talking about. Oh. It's a ladder company. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a very nice and a, and a rude to close out the show. Yeah, the whole uh, not a creature was stirring bit, yada, yada. Thanks for listening. And yeah. have a Merry Christmas. Have a very Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> 24 hours, everybody. 24 hours, I'll be there. I'm waiting for you. Come find me. Good night.